0: Welcome to Mahogany Moms Podcast. My name is Dr. Rochelle Whitaker, but you can call me Dr. Shell. I'm here to provide support and education on all things motherhood. Join me every other Wednesday for encouragement, inspiration, and information as we delve into health, mental and physical, education, money, and everything else that comes with this motherhood journey. All right, guys, we have Krista Curtis with us. She is a mom, a wife, and and an elementary school teacher. She is a mom to a three year old and she's also pregnant and she's a wife to a first responder. So we have lots of good things to talk with her about. How you doing, Krista? I'm doing good. And how are you thriving and surviving in this whole COVID-19 pandemic?
1: It has been an interesting ride. It has its ups and and has its downs as well.
0: Yeah, so a lot going on. And so we're going to just get right into the into the meat of things. Since you are a wife to a first responder in in the midst of this pandemic, what is that like for you?
1: It is very stressful, I must say, because he is out there. He's on the front line and he's is risking himself and exposing himself just as other first responders to do his job and to take care of the community. And to make sure that everybody is healthy and and going to the places that they need to go to. So it has been one of those stressful things. One of the things I can honestly say that I've been doing, of course, is just staying prayerful about it and just, you know, praying for God to continue to protect him out there because this is a part of his job and this is something that he loves. But also at the same time, it has been very scary because I am pregnant and we also have a three-year-old. So I know that he's been making the necessary precautions on his job to make sure that he's protecting himself and making sure that he's not coming home with the gear on and making sure that he's showered, not wearing the shoes and just making sure pretty much that he's not bringing anything at work back home. But also I know the first responders are taking necessary precautions at the stations as well to make sure, you know, as much as possible that nobody gets it. You can only do so much that you can, but try my best not to worry about it. But knowing that he is taking those precautions makes me feel a little bit better, (laughs) but it's still scary at the same time.
0: That's a lot. But I would imagine that some of that stress is still with you, or I won't say stress, but some of that concern is still with you, you know, even when we're not in a pandemic, because he is a first responder. And so he's out there, you know, risking his life, helping the community. So I would imagine that, you know, those concerns are still there outside of the pandemic. Of
1: course. So it just adds to what's going on right now. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so wanted to, you know, just kind of put that out there. But then I also want to talk to you about being a mom because, you know, this everyday mom. And so we want to support moms. So tell us about your journey to motherhood.
1: So my first child, I have a daughter, was very interesting. The pregnancy went well. Didn't have any complications, no scares. I went into the hospital and tried to have her naturally and it didn't happen. So I ended up having a C-section. And after that, I think I had her in my room one day and she ended up in the NICU for the next three days. And Mm. that was a really hard time for me because what what was happening was um, she was in my room and I noticed how she was breathing. And I knew that was not normal. So she ended up in the NICU and we had to get a cardiologist to come out to, well, a tech rather, to come out just to take pictures. And as a first time mom, and you're telling me I have a tech that's going to come and look at your baby's heart. You can only imagine the thoughts that are going through my head and trying to deal with a C-section and trying to deal with your baby being in the NICU. So it was a very emotional time for me in the hospital. So coming out, she ended up having to go see a cardiologist. Thankfully, blessing that everything was in the proper place. And everything was going to fill up. And so that worked out great. However, wait a minute.
0: Time- so, wait a minute. So I want to, um. There, you said a lot of, um, you made some key points that I wanted to go back um, and have you elaborate on? It. So you said that you had you had planned to have a natural birth. Had the idea of a C-section? Had that even come into your mind? Had you considered it? Had you talked to your doctor about the possibility of it? Yes, my doctor said there was probably
1: a good possibility that I was going to have. AC section. I guess I was really okay. adamant on going through natural birth. But when I go into when I was going into my doctor visits, and we were discussing some things with my body. And um, she said, well, it may be a little diff- difficult for my daughter to actually go through the canal the way that my pelvis was positioned. And so she said there was probably a really big chance that you will end up having a C-section, but we would definitely try the natural birth first. So my daughter, I dilated one, one centimeter, and she just could not come through that, that, uh, my pelvic. So I was in labor for probably about 15 hours. Ooh. And then they finally said, "You know, we we're gonna just have to take her." And I also I forgot to mention um, my blood pressure went up, and so preclampia came into effect, and a lot of other <laughs> different things. I I would honestly say by that time, fifteen hours, they give you multiple drugs. Medicine. <laughs> so <laughs> things became a little blurry at one point. <laughs> Understand? So, no. <laughs> Get a lot of clarification from my husband about what exactly was going on. Because I honestly, at that point, I I don't realize, I didn't realize that I pre-clamped until the next day. I don't remember any of that. But that was one of the, the concerns as well that
0: happened. Oh, Wow. That, that's a lot. I can, I can only imagine what that must have, um, been like to hear about on the other side. Right. Cause a lot of it, you say, you, you know, you weren't, um, you didn't remember because of the drugs. And then you mentioned, so in addition to that, you mentioned that you noticed your daughter, you know, wasn't breathing correctly. So was it, was it you that noticed that and mentioned it to the doctor or did you notice it and a nurse noticed it too? Or were you the first one to notice? I was the first one to notice she
1: was laying in the, um, uh I guess the baby crib, and I just noted her chest was coming up a little more than I, I guess as her mom thought was usual, and I didn't know if it was usual or not, being that that was my firstborn, so I called to have a nurse come in and make sure this was okay, so they took her out to check her, and of course, she never came back. When she was in the NICU, I mean, everything was okay, I mean, everything else was okay with her. And I tried my best to get her back. As a first-time mom, you want your baby in your room, and I tried my best to to get her back into the room with me. But there's there was one test in particular, and I don't quite remember that she was not able to to pass to so shoot, so she ended up in the NICU for those days.
0: And so, you know, I've talked to other moms who've had babies in the NICU, which is interesting to me, though. I mean, it it happens. Probably more often than what we know about, but we don't hear a lot of moms talking about their experience with the NICU. What were your nurses like? Because I've heard you know some 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 good stories and some not good not, some not so good stories about the nurses in the NICU. What was your experience like with the nurses? Well, I can honestly say when I found out she was going to
1: the NICU, I told my husband, I was like you're going to NICU overnight (laughs) only because I didn't, I wasn't able to go down there at that time Mm -hmm. because I just had the C-section and I wasn't able to see. And so as a concerned mom, I, I, I sent my husband uh, overnight, and so which kind of helped ease me. But when I actually went to the NICU the next day, I, I would say it's it's an experience like no other. You really don't know what you're walking into, and it's so many babies there, and you become emotional because you you're just not aware of how many babies are in here, and they're all different, dealing with different things. And I, I, I think I cried right when I walked into the NICU, but once I went in, I met the nurses and what really made me comfortable. And I guess the blessing is in it is that my husband was there. So he got really acquainted, acquainted with the, the nurses because they were on their schedule. And so that made me comfortable knowing that he was comfortable with them. And they were really nice to me. They were really nice to him. And then and I guess I could say during the, the, the one time that I went, which was, I think I visited her during the day. Again, it could have been my home runs. I didn't like what one of the nurses was doing to the baby and it just kind of drove me nuts. But I mean, she, and naturally she probably was doing what was fine, but it just sent me over. But so again, I, I was calm enough. I was calm because I knew my husband was down there. And I trusted him to to with my child, so he slept right there next with her overnight, and he would come back, and then I would go during the day. So that's kind of how we did it. But the nurses were really nice. That those set of nurses were really nice. Um, okay. But still, the NICU in itself was a challenging experience
0: so that's interesting because i didn't know that you could um i didn't know that parents were allowed to spend the night in the NICU i have heard some horror stories about parents having to sleep outside on the bench and just other things like that so it's interesting that you all were able to or that your husband was able to spend the night actually next to your daughter's uh crib we'll be right back with more of today's episode of the Mahogany moms podcast Are you a mom feeling overwhelmed, stressed by your day-to-day task? We have just the theme. Burps, Fibs, and Breakdowns is a journal with filling prompts, checklists to make sure mom is taking care of herself, and tips sprinkled throughout from other moms. This is the perfect journal for moms of one or moms of many. To order a journal today, go to mahydimomspodcast.com or click on the link in the show notes. now let's dive back into the show so you had you dealt with preeclampsia during the birth during the delivery and then you had her she had to go to the NICU and then you stopped your story so sounds like there's more to the story (laughs)
1: yes (laughs) there is more to the story so after we brought her home and I'm Probably, I don't know, maybe five, six weeks postpartum. And I was getting these pains and and they would come around the same time every day. I would take the ibuprofen, but it would just knock me out. And, but I felt it coming and I was just like, okay, let me call my doctor. So my doctor had me come in and she checked me out and she says, well, let's just give it, you know, another week to see, um, see what's going on. I went back and I was like, I'm still dealing with the same thing. I feel this this pain coming. And so what she ended up doing, she says, well, let's just take an x-ray, you know, just to see what was going on. And so I did. By the time I made it to my car that day, she called me and she's like, are you still here? I need you to come back up. And I knew something was wrong. Mm. I didn't think what she was going to tell me was what was wrong, but um, I knew something was wrong. So we went back up there and her face said it all, that what she was about to tell me was probably the least thing that you want to hear. Well, what ended up happening, and let me state this, when I went in to have my daughter, my doctor was not on rotation. So she, she was not the one that delivered my child. Was another doctor. So what What came? To, what we found out is that unfortunately, that doctor left some placenta in me. Oh no! And that's why I was having contractions. My body was trying to push it out. My body was still saying I was in labor mm. all that time. And so that's what I
0: was dealing with. Oh wow! And so does that? Do you know if that happens frequently? That. Things, I mean, I've heard of things being left behind when moms have C-sections, but I mean, you lived the experience. Did your doctor say this is common or what was her, I don't know, her explanation? What did, what was her, what did she say? In her, she's probably been in the field for about maybe 15 plus years. So
1: in her 15 plus, in her 15 plus years, she's never experienced it. I was her first patient to have this ever happen to. But with my research with that, it seemed to be a lot more common than what people think. Sometimes women do not know that's what it is. I've seen women said they've had it in there for a couple of years and then they, I guess went to the doctor and they figured it out that that's what it was. And it wasn't really recognizing the signs that was going on with their body. So it is probably, unfortunately,
0: a lot more common than we know. Oh, wow. And so was there did they give you medication to expel it or did you have to have surgery? How did they get it out? Initially, she tried medication. The placenta that was
1: left in me was probably about five millimeters, which was really small. Fortunately for me, my sister-in-law is a a nurse practitioner. So I went to talk to her and she also reached out to some other doctors. And she kind of told me that the medicine probably wouldn't work because it was so small. She's like, I just want to give you a heads up. And she was right. It it wasn't able to, to push it out. So what ended up happening, happening is, is that, yes, I had to go back under and they actually had to remove it, which was a simple s- surgery. My first thought that they was going to have to cut me back open and go that way. Mm-hmm. And I think that was my biggest fear at the time, but actually they, they didn't have to do that, but I did have to go under. So they did put me to sleep and they used some type of little thing and they just went up and just pulled it out. By looking at the screen, the x ray, she could see what she was doing while I was under. Once she told me that, I was still, I, I got a little bit calmer about the actual procedure, but it was still definitely a scary experience in itself.
0: Oh, wow. So we can definitely say that you had a traumatic birth. We can categorize that as a traumatic birth. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> moving away from your journey into motherhood and into being a mom, tell us like, what are some, what's the good and the bad of being a mom or what? Yeah. Like what's the good and the bad. There are always two sides to everything. So tell us like, what's the good thing about being a mom?
1: The good thing about being a mom is that you have somebody that wakes up, wake up to you every day and it's, it's all great, you know, smiles that loves you, that hugs you. It's great because you get to see this this baby blossom. So my daughter's three. And um, it's amazing to see her personality blossom and the things that she says. And sometimes she just wants to give me a hug. She just wants to kiss on me. She just wants to cuddle with me. Just having those experiences with her is, is priceless seeing her grow seeing her learn seeing her develop all of that it, it's it's priceless I I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world some of the
0: let's not say bad some of you know ups and downs let's say the downs <laughs> the downs
1: for me personally is that as, as we stated before my husband is a first responder so their schedules are very much inconsistent So it has been a struggle to balance that child, wife, a woman, um, meaning myself, with this inconsistency of his schedule, not always being here because of work. And to this day, it's still a challenge, and it's probably going to become a little bit more of a challenge when we have the next one, trying to figure out how to balance that all out. Because one of the things that you, it's so easy to do, and most women do, and I did, was to lose yourself within your child and Mm -hmm. lose yourself within the responsibilities of your home. So you give a lot of you to everybody else, to your family, and you put you last because it's it's easier to do that. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: keeping yourself in the forefront of that has been definitely a challenge for me.
0: And I think that you make a valid point because oftentimes moms don't even realize that they're putting themselves last until it's years later. And they're wondering like, what is wrong? Like why, what is going on with me? But I think you recognizing it as early as you did is essential, right? Because in in order for you to take care of someone else, you have to take care of yourself. You can't just kind of continue to give out and not have anything put back in you in return. So I think that that's you know you made a valid point and I hope that other moms hear you when you say, you know you you didn't you had difficulty you know finding a balance because I think that that happens all the time. I don't like the word you I don't like to use the word balance because I'm like balance doesn't really exist. But in the terms that you're using it, I understand what you're saying. But I think it it, it is it does happen often and. Moms just need to hear that like it is you know it's hard trying to figure out, especially I think for first time moms that it's hard to figure out okay where who am I now? You know where did I go? I know I'm a mom now. What about all this other stuff? How do I fit that in so i you know that's good that you brought that up what would you what did you not know that you wish someone would have told you about motherhood?
1: Oh wow. You know, you know, it gets tough, but it, it gets real. It really <laughs> does get real. And as a mom, you you realize how how much it comes, how much responsibility is is weighed on the mom. You're just the mom. We're women. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's our natural instinct to, I don't want to say take charge, take over, but to have a, a flow, have a schedule for them. So I think it's been challenging trying to to figure out all of that and still try to maintain everything else in life, everything else that you were doing before. They're in addition to, and they require a lot of responsibility. Mm. So, you know, your mom, I'm going to use my mom. My mom made it look easy. Like I never saw her sweat. I never saw her necessarily get tired. And I've asked her before, you know, how did you do this? How did you manage three of us and still manage this this household that looks maintained and you cooked and you clean? And I'm like, I can't seem to get it together. But what did you do? And, you know, she's like, and she worked. So her response is like I just did it. <laughs> but um it, it's it's really me trying to get the best, you know, a routine that I'm able to to stick to without overexerting myself, making myself tired. So I think that's one of the the things about being a, a mom that I've learned. And I also learned that it's okay if it doesn't happen. It's mm-hmm. okay if you don't put the clothes up that day or you don't fold the cloth, the the towels that day, or you know what? I'm tired. I'm not cooking today and it's okay. So I think moms need to know it's okay. You don't, we're, we're not, we're not perfect. Um, Nothing's going to be perfect. And sometimes you just have to do what's best for you in that situation. So I think that's been my biggest challenge has been, I wanted to keep up what I was already doing, the cooking, the cleaning, you know, running here, running there. And I would also like to say it's okay to say no. You know, people want you there. People want you to come. Can you come here? Bring your baby. And it's like, no, I I don't want to bring my baby because you're not really relaxed. You're not really enjoying yourself because you have your little one there. So it is okay to just say, just say, no, I can't do it.
0: That is that's that's excellent, right? Um, Give yourself permission to say no. Um, That I know that's you know that's something that moms oftentimes struggle with is saying no to things, or even feeling like they have to give up something that they may would have done prior to having a baby because now they have a baby and it just doesn't you know work into the schedule or to the routine. But that is key. Like you have to learn how to say no and know that it's okay it'll be okay. I wanted to go back to what you said when you asked your mom, how did she make it look so easy? And she said she just did it. I think though, she didn't have a husband that was a first responder, right? Mm -hmm. He was at home every day. Yes. Um, And so she had some help and support with him being there and at home every day. So I think that that's key. But I I often, I also wonder if she just had her own, you know, internal struggles, because sometimes moms don't tell us and we we're looking at them thinking, oh, they had it so easy, but they had days where maybe they were stressed or overwhelmed and they just don't share it with. Them. So I wanted to ask you, OK, so we talked about, you know, your journey into motherhood. We talked about kind of, you know, where you are being married to a first responder in this whole pandemic. We Talked about the ups and downs of motherhood and what you wish you would have known that you didn't know what I you mentioned, or maybe didn't mention, but I know this, that you're currently pregnant in the midst of COVID-19. So, you know, talk to us about what you're feeling with everything that's going on and because you're soon to deliver, right? Yes, very, very soon. And so what has this experience been like for you, especially because your first birth was also traumatic? So what is it like for you going into this delivery? Uh, Initially, I was watching the news and um,
1: getting as much information as everybody else. And one of the things that I had to do is that I had to just not watch the news Mm -hmm. Um, because watching the news and going to the doctor's office at the same time, was just very overwhelming. Um, The doctor's office within itself has changes every time I walk in. So it went from my husband coming with me to my husband's not able to come to the doctor's appointments with me. Um, And then just walking into the doctor's office, the whole setting is of course different because they're asking you questions. Um, some are taking your temperature. It's very, uh, because of the time, it's, it's understanding, but it's also, it's just nerve wracking that we have to go into this office like this and we have to experience these things, and you're experiencing it alone without your husband being there or a significant other by your side. So that's a tough situation within in itself. Also, um, in some cases, the, the doctors are going on rotation. So for me, I didn't have my doctor the first time. And that was one of the things that my doctor was going to make sure that this time she was there. For me, unfortunately, um, because of the situation and what they're deciding to do with the doctors is try not to expose them. They're putting them on rotations. My doctor will not be able to be there again. Oh, no. Yes. So... It definitely put me in a place of almost just a little bit of de- depression, you know, the fear. Okay, I'm about to walk into this again because this is what happened the last time. How, how do I handle this? What am I going to do? And one of the things that I'm thankful for that my doctor did do, she initially, she introduced me to the doctor that was going to deliver my baby. And within a week, It wasn't that doctor anymore. It was going to be somebody else. Oh, wow. Yes. So like I said, it's changing every time you walk in. So it's like you're walking into your appointment and you really don't know what they're about to tell you. You don't know what they're going to tell you about the hospital. You don't know what they're going to tell you about your appointment. Um, So fortunately, we we finally finalized it. And I did get the opportunity to meet my doctor actually this week that's going to be delivering my child. And she was very patient. She was very relaxed. She gave me the time that I needed to speak with her about my previous situation and just let her know my my concerns. And so it did make me feel comfortable. I'm not saying that I don't have a little bit of still concern in the back of my head because I haven't gone through the process, but just the opportunity to put a face Mm
0: -hmm. before
1: I go in did make me feel a little bit comfortable.
0: Okay, so you've talked, you've you've said a whole (laughs) mouthful about everything that you're experiencing now with the changes in uncertainty. So we're, you know, everybody's experiencing the uncertainty, but for you, it's on another level because you don't have, you know, you just don't have a lot of options. Like your, your baby has to be born. And so, I, you know, I thank you for being so candid and transparent with what you're feeling and also for sharing how, You've been able to kind of calm yourself, you know, and how your doctor helped you to kind of calm, make the situation more comfortable by introducing you to the doctor that's going to deliver and talking to you about, you know, constantly talking to you about the changes that may occur. So what does this look like for you in terms of support um, at the hospital? Will your husband be able to be there?
1: As of right now, and God willing, it does not change. As of because in some cases uh in the United States, husbands unfortunately are not able to. As of right now, um, I can bring in one visitor and they consider your husband or whoever uh the visitor. So right now he will be able to be in the delivery room with me, and um he will be able to stay the night. They have kind of warned me. Look, you know, we, changes are happening all the time, but in some cases, husbands are able to come to delivery, but they're not able to stay, Mm. um, after the delivery. And I'm really just being prayerful that that is not my case. I could not imagine being with a baby with a C-section, um, in the hospital with just me and the baby by ourselves without having that extra support and that kind of puts me back in my traumatic experience that I had before so I'm just hoping and praying that that is not our situation and that he's able to to stay the night I know there is a nursery for them to go to but for me who could better take care of my baby than myself I don't want to give my baby over to somebody I've never seen, somebody I don't know, so that I can get some sleep. So then I have to ask myself, do I want to sleep or do I want to get my baby over to, you know, the nursery? So those are some questions that have come through my mind, but hopefully I don't have to confront those questions and that he's just going to be there to support me.
0: Oh, wow. Um, Hopefully, hopefully he will be able to to be there with you, because I I do know that that can be, you know, difficult knowing that, you know, um, he would not be able to stay. I will say just from my own personal experience, having had two C-sections, that the second time it was much easier than the first. So I don't know if that gives you any (laughs) consolation, but I was able to get around a lot faster the second time than I was the first. So. Hopefully that will be your experience as well, okay, so, in wrapping up, what is it that you want? Is there anything that you would want to you know any kind of advice or lasting uh tips or anything that you would want to tell moms?
1: Oh yes, you know moms mom's first time moms, especially, I would like to say it's okay, you know we it's, it's OK. You're going to make mistakes. It's a learning process and you want to give your baby the best. And and that's OK. It, it really is OK. But no, it's OK to make those mistakes. No, it's OK if you don't get it right the first time. It's OK if you just can't do it. You know, in time, you will find yourself, you'll get back to yourself, you'll find that routine. Your your main goal for those that time that you're on maternity leave is just to make sure you take care of you, make sure you take care of the baby. If you have the support, make sure you utilize your support. If they say I can do this, let them do it. That was one of my struggles. Letting people help me. I kind of didn't want to bother people. Kind of still, I kind of am still like that to some degree. Mm -hmm. But if you have that, you definitely utilize it. And just know that this is a growing process. This is, you know, it's like going to college. You know, you learn as you go. And it's okay to just kind of learn as you go with with your child. And to not put too much pressure on yourself. Find you, get back to what you love first, and then everything else will fall into place. Because if you're not happy with yourself, if you're not happy with you, if you're not feeling right, if you're not feeling energetic and and you're not feeling beautiful and all of that, it's really hard to to give to everybody else without feeling frustrated or depressed or anything like that. And one thing you don't want to do is to fall into postpartum. So just, oh, and let me say this. When you have your babies, make sure that you step outside. Do not stay in the house. Step outside If you're standing on the the driveway, if you're standing outside your front door, get some fresh air because you have no idea just sitting in the house what you're doing to your body, what you're doing to your mind. Take a break. Take a break and just do something you like to do. Watch a show, read a book, get on the Internet. During that time, make sure that you it is going to be hard because you don't want to, but make sure you give yourself, your mind, your body, your soul, some time just for you.
0: That is great. Love those love those tips or those lasting uh, words of encouragement to moms because they do need to hear it. Because oftentimes, you know, we forget. I also want to gift to you with a a journal. Verbs, bibs and breakdowns, a 90 day journal for moms, because, you know, you're in the midst of COVID-19 and I hope that you can find some solace and some peace in the journal as you, you know, go through the other side of delivery into the postpartum stage. And, you know, you may not have the same support that you had before. I also want to thank you for coming on. And we definitely want to have you back on after you had the baby. So you can tell us about your experience and what that was like. How can moms, if they want to reach out to you, how can moms contact you? Do you have an email address that they can email you or how can moms contact you?
1: Definitely. I do have an email address. Um, and I, my email address is going to be Krista. That would be K R I S T A dot Harris, and the number twenty four at Gmail.
0: Well, thank you so much, and we look forward to having you on our series again. Thank you for having me. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Mahogany Moms podcast with me. If you like the podcast, please show your support by sharing it and leaving a review. If you'd like to learn more about us, go to mahoganymomspodcast.com. Until next time.